Hello, and welcome back to our second season of Those Who Can't Do Podcast. My name is Gina, and I'm here with my co-host, editor, producer, and husband, Matt. Hello. How was your winter break, Matt? Uh, pretty good. You know, we, we stayed home. We stayed safe. We got to see some family for Christmas, which was cool. You know, socially distant. That, yeah, social distant. Uh, social distant everything, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, had, a, had a great New Year's uh, broadcast from CNN that was absolutely killer if oh you guys yeah yeah, get yeah to watch it go check it out it was hilarious yeah um do you have that was a funny one with the that was yeah. with um anderson cooper right yeah that was funny uh do you have any specific plans for the new year or any new year's resolutions you know i i didn't make a new year's resolution on purpose because uh i i, I don't know mentally i just didn't want to commit to anything <laughs> that was going to be problematic for me to keep up with later in time so i didn't go with anything well um i know that might that might be disappointing to you but i didn't i didn't do it on purpose well this was my so poor bad. this is my poor attempt at a segue into our first topic of the season the new year uh we will discuss realistic goal setting and sticking to your new year's resolutions Before we begin, we want to give a shout out to our number one promoter over at LessonWriter. LessonWriter is a website for teachers that creates literacy-focused lessons from any content of choice. Simply copy and paste into the platform, and in moments, LessonWriter will analyze the text and generate exercises designed to help students improve comprehension and literacy skills. Check out their free option today at LessonWriter.com. So... We really wanted to go with promos and sponsors that we would personally use in the classroom. Yeah. That's kind of our idea behind this. So if you hear something that, you know, that we're posting here, it's genuinely because we use it, we, we like it, we like what they're building with it, and we want you guys to check it out. Yeah. Uh, Lesson Rider is definitely one of those, and hopefully we'll have some more coming for you guys. Exactly. So moving on to our topic today, it is the new year, and we have finally ditched the dumpster fire that was 2020. Woo! <laughs> a lot, so good to be done. Yeah. A lot of people have New Year's resolutions at the start of every year. In fact, according to Finder.com, about 74% of adults in the U.S. make a New Year's resolution. The most yeah, so I'm in the... I'm in the 20s. <laughs> You're the minority in this statistic. The most popular of these resolutions resolve, uh, revolve around health and self-improvement, money, family, love, and or career. So I wanted to take a quick break on the, like, the teaching side of things and focus on how we can keep our resolutions. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I know, getting deep. you got to start off strong in the new year, 2021. Well, I mean, that's always the goal of a resolution, but... Yeah. Like... Is that really how it goes down? We're going we're gonna to find out. So I want to dive into the success and failure rates that I found on discoverhappyhabits.com. After the first week of January, 75% of people who make a resolution are still successful in sticking with it. Okay, hold on. Can, so you're telling me after one week, there's a 25% drop off of people that forget? Yup. There's not much of a resolve here. Well, uh, I mean... Kudos to the 75%. No, it's true. It's true. I'm just, I, after one week. Yep. I mean, man, okay. Uh, well, okay. Then I'm not going to hate. I'm just, I'm just saying like, well, well that, I know it sounds like I'm hating, but that's, hating, man. that's intense. Kudos to the 75. Okay. We'll check out this statistic then after one month, that number drops to only about three in five people. Okay. 
And then after six months, that number drops to 4% of people who made that resolution from the beginning. So overall, by the end of the year, about 9% of people feel that they've been successful in some way, shape, or form in their resolution goals. Mm -hmm. Uh, So why do you think so many people fall short when it comes to their New Year's resolutions, Matt? I, well, I think the simple answer is that a year's a long time. It just, it's just a long time to, to resolve to do something. Also, because if I think that, okay, if you were, if you made a resolution, if after six months you haven't resolved that resolution, like it's probably not going to happen. Sure. Um, so it's, there's a good possibility that like, you know, if you resolve something like, you know, oh, I'm going to, you know, quit smoking or I'm going to, you know, lose this amount of weight. If you haven't made any progress after six months, there's a good chance that making a change at that point based off of your New Year's resolution isn't going to do very much for you. I think there's also a stress behind it because I always feel like when when Christmas ends, I have that week to try to figure out, like, what's my resolution? Like, I have to come up with something, you know? Like, there's, like, that pressure. I've never felt that way. Um, And all my resolution... Anytime that I've ever made a resolution where I'm like, this is the year where this is going to happen, it's not that it doesn't (laughs) happen. It's that... Within a week, that seems like, oh, maybe that shouldn't be the focus of my life. Mm. Um, and so I'm sitting there looking at that 75% of people who make a resolution are still successful and sticking with it after the first week. I think that after a week, sometimes the perspective shifts. So, like, mm-hmm. I've done weight loss resolutions before. Yeah, I get um, it. I'm going to lose 15 pounds this year or whatever. You know, I'm going mm-hmm. to drop, you know, I want to put on this much muscle. And, you know, as soon as that week advances, it's like, oh, you're back to work. Mm. You know, you're living your life and that seems to be, that falls into the background a little bit when it's, when you're back in the real world after the starry, starry eyed, you know, I guess evening that is New Year's Eve. (laughs) Yeah. And of course, yeah, it's so hard, especially like uh, my family does usually would do like a New Year's Day like get together and of course you know it's always revolved around food and i'm sitting there like man i like just made a resolution and i'm gonna cut carbs or whatever it was and i'm like here we are like uh day one and i can't even fulfill it so i I hear you well and straight up it's new year's is a lot of times not a holiday for anyone so even making a resolution is like you Mm -hmm. know sometimes people are working new year's eve to new year's day depending on if it's a weekend yeah And there's not really an opportunity to take a break and be very, you know, introspective and pause. Mm -hmm. And I think that a a really solid working resolution in your life has to come with introspection that takes time, that takes energy, and a lot of people don't do it. So looking into it further, uh, because I was like, why is this happening? Why is only about 9% of people feeling accomplished uh, or successful? at the end of the year. Uh, And the major reason as to why people fail at their resolutions is because they set unrealistic goals for themselves or made too many goals. A lot of people also were unable to keep track of their goals or progress and 23% of people flat out forgot what their resolutions were. Well, and that goes back to what I was saying, that sometimes the priorities are are not in order. Mm -hmm. Maybe you made a resolution that wasn't the entire focus of your life that wasn't the actual responsibility of you to like get involved in actually trying to fix it Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of i mean that's kind of where i see that 23 percent of people flat out forgot what their new year's resolution is is because a resolution is something that you could make any day Mm -hmm. new year's doesn't necessarily make that special you can say oh i'm gonna you know i'm gonna stop drinking any yeah. day of the year yeah. and you can make that decision at any time 
and your resolve doesn't necessarily have to hinge on New Year's. I want to spend the remainder of this episode discussing two things. Uh, the first one, how to make uh, how to make and keep your New Year's resolution. And I want to explore the second thing, a realistic resolutions for teachers, parents, and students. So let's start, uh, let's start with how to make and keep your New Year's resolutions. So Matt, brainstorm with me. Okay. Well, I feel like I'm not the expert to consult on this because <laughs> I'm, I'm wishy-washy like you mm-hmm. wouldn't believe. I don't – because I don't care one way or another as far as my, mm-hmm. you know, my resolutions go. I'll be like, eh, I don't really care. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely not the person to go to for that. Um, but like so many goals, they have to have a very clear end mm-hmm. for you and it has to be something that – I mean, it, it's hard to know what is and is not attainable for yourself, but it has to be clear. It's true. And I think it starts with a mindset of like asking questions like, will I actually do this? And if the answer is probably not, then maybe a different goal is supposed is going to be more um, obtainable. Well, and I think it has to be something you can actually do yeah. in the day to day. You know, for instance, if you're sitting there saying, I'm going to lose 10 pounds for the new year, mm-hmm. or I'm going to, you know stop, you know, drinking alcohol or I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. you know, try to get out and, you know, meet people every week. It's like you don't necessarily control any of those things. Mm-hmm. They're not under, they're not specifically in your control as opposed to, oh, I'm going to be eating healthy meals every day. Yeah. That is that is something that can contribute to weight loss and you know for a fact you can make those meals every day. Yeah. You don't necessarily control. And, you know, if you're like, oh, I'm going to be more social. I'm going to get out there and meet people. Well, you don't control other people. You don't know what their schedules are going to be. But you if can that, sign up for you, like a dance class yeah, or if you go out there Janu- whatever. Oh, yeah, sure. And that's exactly it. If you go out there January 2nd and try to text all your friends and they're back at work and you can't hang out with anyone that day, mm-hmm. boom, your New Year's resolution failed. Yeah. And that's no, that's no fault of your own. So if you have something specifically that you control, mm-hmm. there's a difference. There's something that you can do about it. Yeah, so it's about really just the way you approach your goals. So, you know, it should be more realistic and considering timing. So when people say I'm going to lose 100 pounds in a year, that seems a little like far-fetched for, it's like a lot. That's very, a lot of pressure. You know, you're losing a pound every two days, essentially. Well, and this is, I mean, this is so rich coming from me, to be (laughs) honest, because I'm, I am so deeply flawed when it comes to my resolve and on like topics that I think are going to take over my life and then they don't and Mm -hmm. I just give up. Um, that I'm like the poster child of that. So this, I mean, this both hits very hard, but I also think that I'm somebody that could give probably the best advice for how to hang on to it. Okay. Because and it's, what is this advice? Tell me. Well, well, yeah, I think it just comes down to that, to what I just said, which was, you know, there's, there's, as long as it's something you can actually oh, physically do. Uh, yeah. Okay. The reshaping of the It has to be, question. yeah, it has to be an action you can mm-hmm. do in the day-to-day because you constantly control your actions. Yeah. And you can't control, mm-hmm. you know, your body's weight loss necessarily. You can't mm-hmm. control, you know, addictive behavior. You can't control other people and their emotions and their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And anything that is out of your control is a poor resolution. Well, yeah, and if you're going to sit there and say, like, I'm going to stop drinking or smoking or something like that, Uh, That seems like, but how are you going to do that? So then that's when you say, like, I'm going to start by only, you know, cutting it down this way or going to meetings or something. Like, there's steps also that are usually missing when you set a goal. Like, if I'm going to lose weight, how are you going to lose weight? Are you going to count calories? Are you going to go to the gym? Are you going to 
hire a nutritionist? Like, how are you going to do that? So I think that's the what I'm thinking of when it comes to setting goals well, I'm not, is like I'm, the steps that you need to take in order to reach the goal. It's not just I'm going to do X. It's like well, I'm going to do X by doing this, this, and this. I should also note that we're not just throwing these resolutions out there. These are resolutions I've had in the past that I've worked <laughs> through. I've done all I've done all five of those that mm-hmm. we've brought up so far mm-hmm. um, at different points in you know at different New Years. I've sat down on the New Years and been like. I'm never going to do this again. And Mm -hmm. it never happens on New Year's because, you know, it's a lot of times it's out of your control. There's nothing you can do about it, you know. Mm -hmm. So if you are going to sit down and try to quit something or try to do more of something, it has to be something you can physically do. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, I'm not going to say it's a resolution, but I did sit there and say this New Year, I want to get my cardio up and up and running because I want to be able to Ah, run more. So you did set a goal. I set a goal. Gotcha. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, I said kind of a resolution, I guess it's, it is kind of a resolution, but I sat there and I said, well, I, I really want 2021. I want to be able to run again, like get out there and run. Um, and that's something I can control cause I can get out there every day and go run. Mm-hmm. That's something I can do no matter what I, I have control of that. Yeah. The problem is, is I stepped out the door and went to go run and boom, my ankle went out on me mm-hmm. and, and I'm sitting here and what is my resolution down the, down the drain? Well, no, because I can still do stuff that improves my cardio. That's something that I can physically control. So it's, you know, instead of saying things. I'm going to go out and run, it's I'm going to improve my cardio, and there's multiple ways to do that. Yeah, the, if there's multiple tracks to your solution and you're not going to get destroyed by one small thing, then a lot of times that can be very good for you. So I didn't forget that this is a teacher podcast or educator podcast. So what? let's, I know, crazy. So let's move on to how teachers, parents, and students can explore realistic New Year's resolutions. Um, what I'm talking about is uh, I hear students say all the time when asked to set goals that they're like, I want to get better grades, but they never really dive into how that will happen. Um, so I want to talk about how can students set realistic goals how can parents support their students and how can teachers also set realistic goals while supporting their students? I know a lot of questions. So let's start with how can students set realistic goals? Well, I kind of want to go more into the idea that they're setting it for New Year's resolutions because I think or it's usually in semester. America, the semester change usually occurs over the winter break. Um, and so with that semester carrying over, um, and it, you usually get a full clean slate on the New Year's. It's very tempting to make resolutions based on that idea that, oh, well, you no longer have a C because your class is all reset. You no longer have a D. You're able to go in and like actually make changes. And we've start talked about, fresh. yeah, start fresh. And we've talked about, you know, the grading curriculum mm-hmm. being what it is. Um, we've, we have a whole nother podcast about that. System. A failing system. Yeah. Which check is, it out. you know, and. So setting realistic goals based on that is is something that's incredibly tempting to do. But the thing is, is that, again, it has to be within your control. You don't sure. know if the class is going to get harder or look completely different in the spring semester as compared to the fall semester. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily control how teachers are going to be observing work. Maybe it's a completely different skill set required for the classes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the things that you can control, you know, are, you know, making sure that you're in a healthy mindset when you get to class every day making sure that you are mentally in a place where you're able to learn every day, you know, maybe resolving not to sit near certain people that are going to distract you. Mm -hmm. If you're in distance learning, maybe resolving to get your situation, wherever you're streaming from, wherever you're logging in to be, you know, your area, you know, there's things that you can do that you can control that are not Mm -hmm. in the teacher's hands. So getting better grades or something like that isn't necessarily the best option as a student. 
um, simply because you don't control that, but you can control all the items that would lead to better grades. Yeah. Also, um, you know, what does better grades look like? Like if you got C's in all your classes, does that mean you want A's or do you want B's or uh, what does that look like? I think being specific is important. I think also, you know, learning a little bit of time management, which is super hard for adults, let alone, you know, kids. Uh, having a planner is always helpful so you can write down the dates of when things are due or sending uh, things on your phone, on your calendar. Well, and I um, wish and was... always turning in your work. That always seems to be like, you want to get higher grades, just turn everything in. Well, there's one thing that I didn't realize until the college level mm-hmm. um, was actually really helpful to do. And they don't tell students this enough, but building a relationship with your teacher. Oh, 100%. Um, you know, on, on a level where, you know, you're able to approach them ask questions, get help on work, get feedback, get proofreading, get, you know, get extra time and effort on, on your assignments is a huge deal. And it goes a long way. I didn't realize that until I hit college Mm -hmm. where, you know, getting to know your professor was like a little, a little life hack Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that all of a sudden was like, Oh, you mean I can get A's in all my classes? Yeah. It's like if I like actually talk to the professor. It's true. Um, and that and doesn't have students, to just be university and either. A, and a lot of people see that as, you know, in middle school or in high school as teacher's pet mm. type mentality. And that's not necessarily the case if you're approaching it from, you know, every, I want to, you know, I want to act like a sponge around this person and just absorb everything they know about this subject. It mm-hmm. rubs off on you the more you're around that. Yeah. And if you're struggling in a class, the best option is to just never not be in that class mentally. Yeah. You know, just resolve to be involved in that class. You know, talk to the teacher, talk to the students that are doing well in the class, mm-hmm. you know, and you can go out of your way to do well and also not seem like a nerd. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about how parents can support their students uh, when it comes to their goals or just support their students even in general. Well, it's... Uh, I'm not going to give parenting advice. <laughs> That's not what I'm going to do in this podcast. Okay, I'm going to start then. I'll say uh, there's a difference between um, like helicopter parent, which is the parent who checks like the kids' grades every day or something like that, and then like hovers over their their kid about it. There's like there's the whole uh, like you should check in with your student, but like as in check in with the kid, like with your kid, not just check in on their status so like you know checking in did you do your assignments today like what were they like tell me about it talk with me about it um and like help your your student in that regard um le- more of that less of I-, I saw that you didn't do this or you this is the grade you got on that assignment that's too much pressure um kids are going to start lying to you to avoid like uh getting in trouble and, and that can think- be a really toxic relationship i think that's it's much better to have the mentality that says don't fail the same way twice rather mm-hmm. than the mentality that says don't fail. Yeah. And that's the um, problem. We're in a very don't fail society, but that school is supposed to like, be like learning. There's so You're not many supposed to start off back. knowing how to do things. There's so many kids that come back from winter break having failed my class mm-hmm. or having dropped a C in the class, mm-hmm. um, either from missed assignments or poor work. Um, And they come back from winter break petrified. They Mm -hmm. can't even function in the class because their parent, you know, destroyed their their will over the winter break because of this grade. You know, maybe grounding, taking a phone away, whatever. 
Um, and their mentality is that they they get so terrified to even touch my classwork now that it has the opposite effect where yeah. they don't want to work. It's like you already you know you already punished me. I already know what it's like. I don't you know whatever. Well, I'm, not, I, I'm scared I, now and that's to where try. I'm like, I don't. I feel bad giving any kind of parenting advice like this yeah. because obviously you know every kid is different. There's things that happen at home or whatever. Maybe the kid's life is falling apart and you're trying to intervene, and that's a that that can be a good plan, but. Mm-hmm. Having that mentality in the classroom is so difficult to work with. Yeah. It's so hard to work with when you know for a fact that kid can do the work and they're sitting there terrified to touch it because they don't want to fail. Oh, yeah. I, I've, I always have a student, probably multiple students like that every year. Yeah. Just, and I mean, that, someone told them somewhere that, that, tends, that they're a failure or that they did fail at one point and they think that tends I to am a failure. The years. Yeah. It come, it's the mentality of coming back from that, from that break and now hitting the spring semester. And some kids do it really well. They get grounded. They get their phones taken away. They can't see their friends. And they buckle down spring Mm -hmm. semester and come in guns blazing. They'll turn everything in. You know, they're not messing around anymore. That works a lot. But some kids, it doesn't. Mm. And it's important to know that. Yeah, it's important to know your kid. So let's talk about how can teachers also set realistic goals while supporting their students. Well. This is my my last question. the (laughs) The teaching... Okay, the teaching side of it is usually in making adjustments to whatever happened in fall. Yeah. Uh, And I think that you, you know, being introspective in how your teaching went Mm -hmm. in the fall semester and using that as a jumping off point for how to make adjustments in the spring semester. um, A lot of times for me, it's cutting, 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 cutting curriculum that I thought worked really well in fall and overwhelmed instead yeah um and made it so that way the kids were actually uh missing out on items and work um very rarely and weirdly enough very rarely do my focus vocabulary lessons make it through the fall semester (laughs) Um, i'm always like i'm gonna focus hard on vocab and (laughs) i hit the spring semester and i'm like man that caused a lot of kids to get b's (laughs) yeah i that's i yeah i'm cutting down on vocabulary this it's very rare because well and you also realize you can implement directly in the class this is is very teachery lingua yeah but like you don't have to do a focus lesson you can just teach vocabulary in the in the lesson in the lesson you know and i'm talking core specific vocabulary i'm not necessarily talking i'm an english teacher yeah but it doesn't necessarily mean english yeah. You know, it could mean a lot of different things. I'm talking like anytime you're teaching course specific vocabulary, you know, a lot of times in context is going to work better for you. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. It's just going to work better for you. Uh, I also find that you, sh- uh, all teachers, every single teacher, if you've been teaching for one year, if you've been teaching for 40 years, uh, at having like a, a survey of some sort or like a, a way for kids to give feedback um, because, you know, they're not going to be as harsh as you probably think they will or unreasonable. Uh, it's just what worked, what, what didn't. I, I flat out asked, you know, I gave these homework assignments this semester, which one would you like, per, like cut if you had the chance? And, and, and they, it's realistic as to like why they choose what they say to you. And, and so, oh man, the feedback I got, well, that's the thing is it's easy to argue with, one kid bringing something up that's a flaw in your class. Mm-hmm. Um, it's entirely different when you give out a survey to an entire class and the entire class tells you, yeah, hey, this was really dis- this part of the class was really disorganized. You can't sit there and say, oh, but you guys just didn't under- no, yeah, it was that, that, everyone. Yeah, that was on you. This it was teacher. everyone. And they, <laughs> they will universally know. Yeah. It's going to be every single kid on that survey is going to be like, yo, you know, having a follow-up to this assignment would be really helpful. And you're yeah. like, 
it's not going to be one kid. It's no, going to yeah, be the whole the class. Whole class. <laughs> so yeah, really like reflecting on your fall semester and asking the kids for their input can help with your uh, spring semester. I also am a big advocate for uh, quality over quantity. I, I think every teacher is in theory. But I think theory. in action, yeah, it, it's hard it in functions action. very differently. Absolutely. So I think uh, you'd, if, if you're sitting there grading an essay and you're grading the outline, the rough draft, the peer review, and the final draft, maybe just maybe just do the final draft. As yeah, you I don't mean, need to well, you know, timing <laughs> do everything. And grading, it's, you're going to have to decide which steps you're actually going to focus on Absolutely. and what's going to be important to you. Absolutely. Before we end this episode, this season we'll be doing something a little different. Uh, we're going to be nominating a charity of the week. The goal is to bring the names of charities that help kids and education to our listeners in the hopes to bring awareness to situations that many of our students are living in. I want to add that this is not a paid promotion or sponsor. We are doing this ourselves. No one has asked us to do this. We are literally nominating charities that we know of or have found uh, specifically in the LA area uh, to help our students and our the kids in the community. Our charity of the week this week is 826LA. It's a nonprofit organization that supports and tutors students ages 6 to 18 in writing skills. They provided free writing support and tutoring to more than 9,000 students just last year. They help students publish 250 youth-authored books a year. Uh, you can volunteer or donate to 826LA by visiting their website at 826LA.org. Next week, we will debate the pros and cons of tenure. Thanks for listening, and we will see you all next week. Thank you.